just went for about mm, 10 minutes before I realized that I didn't press the record button. Uh, so All the good stuff's now gone. Welcome uh, to the Discover Birmingham <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but it. hey, technology, right? What we were saying, we were, t- <laughs> we were talking about what it's been like to be a parent so far. And I got my buddy Matt Crane here, and you have two kids. Yes. Two-year-old and a four-year-old. I'm just going to catch everybody up to the conversation that we've been having. Gotcha. What we were saying is that since becoming a parent, that number one, it's unlocked a whole new level of love, like you were saying. But what I was saying is that it's also unlocked a whole new level of responsibility that I had heard about. But I, once it actually happened, like once Charlotte was born, it's like you don't just get to kick back and turn off. Mm-hmm. And have, is that kind of what you've seen as a parent as well? Same, uh, of course. I mean, yeah, that, of course, it's an increased level of responsibility that you have. And for me, it, initially, before I had my first, that made me nervous because here I am, a business owner, and I'm like, I already feel time crunch. And then I'm going to add another level of responsibility that's even greater than a business. And I'm like, how am I going to do all of this stuff? So when we talk about unlocking things, you know, you unlock that level of love. But for me, it's been, it's also unlocked another level of being able to achieve things despite having that responsibility. And I don't know if it's because we've had to adapt and become more efficient with things or it's just, and I think for me, it's because it's become a more, it's, I've unlocked another meaning in life, more purpose in life. Not that I didn't have meaning before, but when my children came, all of a sudden that purpose was, was amplified and it was not, just about me and my wife and my family. It was about my extended family and legacy and building something and being a role model for my boys. So yeah, added responsibility, but at the same time, I feel like I've been given greater bandwidth to to manage that responsibility. I can totally relate. And you're dealing with two. I've just got one and she's not even mobile yet. You know, she hasn't even started crawling yet. So once she's <laughs> running around and we're having to chase her, I think that's when the new bandwidth will come. Yeah. But like you're saying about efficiency, 100%, man, that's had to be a game changer. Like I've never been much of a planner. You know, Katie is a major league planner. Like she keeps two planners written and she'll plan. <laughs> she's got the rest of the year planned. So when someone asked me, well, what are you doing on, on August 13th? I'm texting Katie, like, what are we doing on August 13th? Because she's so organized. I've had to learn that as well. Since having a baby, it's like we have to be on the same page when it comes to scheduling clients, when it comes to scheduling anything you want to do that doesn't involve the whole family. You have to have it on the calendar is what I've learned. Same. And I'm laughing at when you're talking about your wife and the planner, because my wife has the same exact thing, the written planner. And I'm like, I've got my iPhone and that's my planner, my calendar. Same. But she's already planning stuff out for next fall. Cause you know, my four-year-old, he's got one more year of daycare left. And she's like, we need to start talking about next fall, 2020, 2024. Like <laughs> let's talk about next week. Yeah, exactly. You know? But same thing with you. People are wanting to schedule and do things. And I'm texting Kami. Hey, Kami's my wife, by the way. Love you, baby. Uh, taking her, hey, what are, what are we doing next week? What do we have? And she goes, I told you about this. Did you not put it in my calendar? So it's good to have that added level of organization. <laughs> Our wives, for sure, for me, has been the same. Yeah, it's changed the ability to be spontaneous, you know, mm-hmm. because before we had kids, it was like, you want to go out tonight? And now it's like, uh, okay, in two weeks, we're going to put it on the calendar. We're going to have a date night. Do you all prioritize date nights? Man, not like we should. 
to be honest with you. We're, we, ju- we're just getting there. We really don't either, but we're trying to, to make sure because Katie's still breastfeeding, so oh, we gosh, can't be yeah. away for more than a couple of hours really. And, you know, we've just introduced the bottle within the past couple of months. So we're trying to prioritize the date nights, but we really haven't been on top of it like we should either. It makes a huge difference. I will tell you the nights that we are able to make it happen. It's, it's a great time of connection. And being able to have that kind we have found too that we still just talk about the babies. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, even though you're you go into it, you're like, okay, we're going to talk about something outside of the babies. It just always reverts back to it because I mean, honestly, man, it's the center of our worlds. Other than my wife, who is my my first priority uh, in taking care of that relationship, but how can they not be the center of everything that you do and that you focus on? So it's just natural <laughs> to talk about them. Yeah, they're the best <laughs> thing ever. Oh, 100%. It's changed my life. Oh, man, I, I'm not going to get emotional about it, but like in, in all the most incredible ways. So now Henry's four and Charlie's two. So four years ago, I mean, not that I wasn't in a great place and doing things and thriving and all those things, but I found myself, I don't know, I don't, is selfish the right word? Um, and since having children you just uh, again I, this whole unlocking thing has just helped me dive deeper into understanding what it's like to truly care and devote your everything to someone and that is just god just opened up a whole new world of compassion and love not just for my family but for an extension like my clients who i love dearly too and so just open it up and just I don't know. It's opened up a whole level of understanding and and empathy for everything that I do. I've seen the exact same thing. It's like before kids, I think that I had a certain level of self-centeredness, you know, Mm -hmm. just like focusing on me. And then once I got married, of course, focusing on Katie as well. But now it's like I have this little person who's totally dependent on us. So it's like she's all I want to focus on. And it's cool, man. It's just it's just a totally different experience. And everyone told me what a game changer it would be. And now that I'm actually living it, I get it. Oh man, it's it truly is. And you're a girl dad. Yeah. So it's even different for you too. It's a different dynamic. I just want to let you know something about Discover Birmingham's partner, Dr. Chase Horton Real Estate with EXP Realty. That's right, I'm talking about my business. Are you, or someone you know, considering buying or selling a home within the next six months? If so, let's chat. With their permission, simply send me their name and number and I'll reach out to talk about the best way to achieve their real estate goal. Whether they're a first-time home buyer or they're selling a home they've cherished for 30 years, I've got them covered. Simply text HOME to 205-213-9720. That's HOME. H-O-M-E to 205-213-9720. More cash, more capital, and new customers for your business. That's where Moxie comes in. Moxie Birmingham is a growing community of small businesses helping one another thrive. As a Moxie member, you earn more revenue from brand new customers not spend your hard-earned revenue on various expenses, and even get a no-interest, no-payment line of credit, all within the Moxie network. As a Moxie member myself, I can tell you that I choose to support other businesses that also accept Moxie. In fact, 
I've discovered some of my very favorite restaurants, healthcare practitioners, and home and auto service businesses through Moxie. I'm talking Soho Social, Heavenly Donuts, Nothing But Cakes, just to name a few. Go to moxiebirmingham.com, that's M-O-X-E-Y-B-H-A-M.com to learn more. Moxie, it's the smarter way to barter. All right, now let's jump back into today's episode of the Discover Birmingham podcast and highlight the best parts of our awesome city. She had a feeling, you know, women's intuition. She totally expected that she was going to be a a boy mom. She just felt it. She thought she would have three boys and her mom felt the same way. So I was like, I trust that. I guess I'll be a, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have sons. Cool. Sure. Yeah. And then once we both found out that it was a girl, we were both kind of like, hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I started to open up that level of my imagination of what that might be like. And then I got really excited about it. But at first, it was a little bit stunning. And now that I'm living it, man, being a girl dad is so cool. Like I'm just yeah. relating to her in a whole different way than I thought that I would. And she's never even spoken a word yet. You know, like we haven't even had our first conversation, but it's just like, I think about all the things that she will do and I wonder what she'll be into. And, and I wonder how much of a impact I need to have on that. Like, should I let her gravitate towards this? Should I like steer her in a certain direction? Mm -hmm. So these are the things that I'm having, you know, internal debates about right now. Man, I love it. Gosh, I, I mean, so many similarities and thought processes that I go through. We were the opposite of you and Katie. She was 100% thinking she wanted a girl, that it was going to be a girl, and she can't imagine having boys because we're wild and crazy, and she just can't relate to that. She's got a sister, so it's just two girls in her house that she grew up with. And But when we had Henry, to watch her just completely shift in an instant to become in like, oh, I was meant to be a boy mom. So that relationship between a mom... And their sons is just something amazing to watch. She has flourished and, uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I, I love you more and more as time goes on. And that just is the truth. And to watch them adapt as a mother and just become that person that you just, it's hard to imagine. And to watch them grow into that is you truly do love them more. And it's a beautiful thing. So I imagine, you know, a, a girl and her dad has that special bond, too. And I'm sure Katie, from a distance, really watches that and admires you become that dad that she kind of imagined with a girl. I just, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And like you're saying, like seeing your partner being a parent and growing into that is huge, man. It's like giving me a whole new level of appreciation because, you know, you, you met your partner and there were things about them that you loved and appreciated. And then seeing them step up and be an excellent parent, it's just, it's next level. God, man. Well, there's a lot of things, too, about having a baby that people just don't tell you. So what's crazy is I uh, I train a lot of pregnancy clients. I mean, a lot. I mean, through my career, it's just kind of it's just kind of happened that way. People have come to me and I I couldn't tell you how many pregnancy clients I've worked with pre and post. just, Just for context. We haven't even talked about what you do yet. So talk about that for a minute and then dive back into what you were saying. Gotcha. People are like, what do you mean you work with them? What yeah. are you? I am a personal trainer and I also own Meta Fitness Studio, which is a personal one-on-one private training studio. 
I've been personal training since 2009, so a pretty long career in that, but we've owned this studio since 2016. We now have two locations. I know about the one in Mountain Brook, kind yes. of like Cobb Heights, and where's the other one? Uh, Liberty Park. Yeah. So about seven minutes away from where we currently are now, and it is just beautiful. It's growing, uh, but the most important part, man, is we're just servicing more people, and that's been our whole goal from the beginning is just to serve Others, nothing complicated, no crazy mission statement other than we want you to leave better than you showed up. And so that's that's where we are now. And uh, it's it's amazing. And what a great way to serve by introducing them to health and fitness. You know, that's something that if it sticks is going to literally change their life forever. You know, people in a lot of different professions are like, oh, yeah, I changed life. I'm saving lives. But health is one that can make that claim and actually back it up. I was a personal trainer as well for a long time and talk about a fun job and how close do you get with your clients? You know, you, sometimes you might feel like a therapist and you develop relationships that, that last. You just nailed it. Hey, it is the most amazing job. I get to wear shorts and gym clothes every day, but more importantly, it's those relationships, man. And it's, yeah, it's lifting weights, of course, but really most importantly, it's those relationships that you build. I mean, these people are coming in and trusting you not only with their bodies, but with a lot of the times their innermost secrets and stuff that they are struggling with on the outside of the walls before they come in. And so, you know, these people really pour their hearts out and give you trust. And we're not just helping you transform your body. It really is truly a transformation of your mind, like a holistic transformation uh, from the inside out. I mean, I mean, people come in and there's been time where sessions, we may not even lift a weight, and they may have just had one of the worst days of their life. They may be going through a divorce. They may be having trouble getting pregnant. Whatever those issues are they're dealing with, I feel very honored and humbled that they feel comfortable enough and trust me with that kind of information, and then also have a level of trust that I'm going to be able to give them feedback that's you know, something that's applicable to what they're dealing with. And a lot of times it's not even me giving any advice. A lot of times it's just what you're doing now, just listening and just giving acknowledgement to whatever it is they're dealing with. You know, sometimes people don't necessarily want an answer. They just want somebody to listen to. And so the therapist part of it is, it truly is a big part of what we do. And I think it's awesome, man. I mean, I always thought it was funny, you know, Personal trainers get a, a bad rep. You know, you say the word personal trainer sometimes, oh my God, it's these meathead walking around with <laughs> personal trainer written in big, bold print on the back of their shirt. Gallon and of water. Gallon of water, drinking protein shakes, yeah. and eating chicken breast all day long. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what I was doing. <laughs> I, mean, well, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Or at, least, <laughs> or at least it was for me. <laughs> so it's, it is true in a lot of cases, but I would say... Well, I'll speak for myself. It's really not what we're about, where where we train. And there's nothing wrong with with trainers who are into that. There's nothing wrong with that. For us, we really just try to take a more holistic approach to it. You can tell that from your what you post on social media. I really enjoy when you get on there and you'll just be talking to the camera and you'll give an inspirational message. And sometimes, you know, someone's going to need to hear exactly what you're saying. The right person's going to hear it at the right time, and you can tell. You're just being sincere when you deliver that message. And you almost remind me of a um, 
like a pastor in a way. I get that a lot. <laughs> you know, I get that a like, lot. I think I think that would be uh, maybe a good side gig for you. <laughs> I get that a lot, man. Uh, first of all, thank you for saying that because it truly is. I just turned the camera on and you know just share thoughts of something. Maybe uh, a lot of times it's stuff that's going on in my own personal life, and uh, I think social media has this thing of you know people try to appear flawless or perfection and all these things and the reality is none of us are that yeah there is no perfect that doesn't exist so when i get on there and i just speak about things it's things either that are going on with me personally or that i've just encountered with a client or just a thought that inspired me you know somebody that i saw that said something that inspired me i wanted to pass it on and this hashtag of if i can only reach just one if it's one person that hears something in that message for that day who knows what that may do for them? Who knows what they needed in that time? And at the end of the day, it really, it doesn't matter how many followers or how many people it's, are you doing something to help somebody be better? And that's, that's what my life and my job is all about. For people who haven't done or, or don't do it regularly, making those videos is hard. Yeah, it's <laughs> awkward. I'm making videos about real estate and just talking to a camera you feel so awkward at first, especially, but I, at least I do. I know it's got to be the same for a lot of people, but yeah, sometimes I'll do maybe two, three takes before I feel like feel it's always how I want to deliver the message, you know? Yeah. I think it's cool that you do that. What would you say is some of the best advice that you've ever been given? Hmm. Something that maybe like changed the course for you or something that just like hit at the right time? Something I'm doing now is a great piece that's always stuck with me, and that's slow down. And I say that now because you asked me that question because there's this clip of Elon Musk. Somebody's asking him a question about, what, you know, you say all these things on Twitter that, uh, that affect the stock price and potentially can make people lose money and all these things and it can destroy Tesla. And before he answers, he sits there and you can tell he's thinking it through. Before he responds, he slows down. And that piece of advice, not just in this context... But life in general, driving on the interstate, you going 10 miles faster than you need to to get somebody one minute faster, what's that serving you? Slow down. Be more careful. Take it in with my children. As you're seeing, time just flies by. So slow down and cherish every second that you can because when you blink, man, they're four and two years old. And that's another thing I love about social media, and it's really why I really do a lot of that I do with my children is I feel like I'm creating a scrapbook of things that one day I hope that they want to look back on, but definitely things that I want to look back on. And these memories pop up, you know, like the Facebook, oh, one year ago was this, four years ago with this. And I'm like, oh my God, that feels like yesterday. And it flies by. So that advice of just slow down and everything that you do, you're going to be better at it. Uh, you're not going to overlook something. Patience truly is a virtue, and it's really helped change my whole perspective and enjoyment of life, and not just go, 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 go. That makes me think of um, Katie and I did our honeymoon in Costa Rica, and hold on, it's either them or Belize. It's either Costa Rica or Belize. They have a, a motto for their whole country, and it's just move slow. Is it Pura Vida? Is it, is that's there, it. Yeah, that's it, Costa Rica, right? I think it's Costa Rica. Pura yeah. Vida. Yeah, it's move pure, slow. That's yeah. what it is. Love it. Yeah, that's right on target what you're talking about. And you can tell that their culture 
they just seem happy and they're they're not in a hurry we rented a car and driving on the back roads and everything no one's speeding they're just cruising the next location gonna have a pina colada and kick back and <laughs> enjoy life <laughs> Pura I, Vida. I mean it's it, it's it's true and i mean it's really applicable and in so many areas. I mean, as, as simple as just eating, right? Eating too fast is not necessarily a great, it's not a great thing, you know? I mean, you know this. So just, I mean, it really is applicable to almost every area of your life to just slow down a little bit. I'm not saying no, don't go and don't go get after it and do all these things, but there's a way to accomplish both. There's a nice balance that you can find between the slowing down and the go, go, go that I think that's that's the happy place that I've been able to achieve for the most part. Yeah, slow down a little bit, be more purposeful in your actions, I think is important. Eating slow is, is one that my wife makes fun of me for all the time because Katie has this superpower where she can make a steak disappear in like one minute. I mean, she is like a... Um, a wood chipper <laughs> she can i mean she she's so tiny you just saw her and yeah. she can eat so fast any health guru would tell you you're supposed to chew 40 times per bite is it 40 it's 40 times now that might be a little excessive okay, i'm definitely not doing that. but i've always been a notoriously slow eater when I, we're out at a restaurant i'm always the last one to finish i don't know if that's just because i'm rebelling against high school lunches Where, where'd you go to high school <laughs> nobody knows what this is it's called corner high school oh, Y'all were 4A school, right? Yes. Yeah, so it was Montevallo. So we always played y'all in football. Okay, yeah, there you go. Wow. Yeah, so corner. Okay. But man, I remember when we would go to lunch, we would have a, like a 15-minute lunch period, but that included the time you had to stand in line. <laughs> so you're standing in line to get <laughs> yeah. a rectangular pizza. I was going to say or, the fiesta, tostada pizza, man. <laughs> yeah, or, or taco salad <laughs> yeah. for the third time that week. Yeah. And you might stand in line for 10 minutes, sit down, you got five minutes before the bell rings. You got to shovel it in your mouth so fast. So... I think that I eat really slow, just kind of like in uh, in protest because I don't want to <laughs> be rushed like that ever again. Hey, I feel you on that. I, I'm still working on the the eating slower. My wife is is the you in our relationship. She's the slow eater that can sit there and eat for 45 minutes. I'm more on the the quicker side. I'm not inhaling in one bite, but I'm trying to be better about eating slower. Simply now is we do dinner every night together. Me and my wife and our two boys. Like nice. that has been an intentional and purposeful thing that we do again to slow down and have those moments of I want to create a space where conversation is is encouraged. Even at an early age, man, these kids are they're sponges. So everything that we do from, you know, our routines, our habits, they are picking up on. So early on that was something that was important to us was us to have dinner and to talk even though we asked them about hey what what was your favorite part about school today and they're like playing on the playground or you know awesome, I mean, awesome. that's yeah. great and they'll be like i don't know okay whatever we're talking about it that has been something that's really been awesome to have that time and i hope it continues on as they grow up and it is it is more important issues come up those conversations that that has already been created and curated that environment of a safe space and a place where they can really honestly talk about anything because they're going to talk about it to somebody. And we hope that we will be the people they come to because I didn't necessarily grow up in that environment. Again, different generations, man. Yeah. You know, our parents grew up, my parents anyway, grew up in a different time and parenting and resource were, were a lot different than they are now. And conversation wasn't really 
I don't want to say encouraged. It just didn't happen a lot. You know, it's just kind of like, well, we just don't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't prioritized. It was just wasn't prioritized. It wasn't that it wasn't important. It wasn't prioritized. And so we wanted to do that a little bit differently with our kids. And it's it's been awesome. That's huge. I'm hoping that we will do the same thing. And I'm just thinking about, you know, I'm remembering my school experiences and experiences that I saw other kids go through in school, especially middle school, high school. And I'm thinking, how am I going to handle it when Charlotte comes home? And if if she ever gets bullied or if she or even worse, if she ever is ever the one bullying, I'm wondering how I will respond as a parent. I'm hoping that I won't be too, you know, protective and want to swoop in and fight her battles for her. But I think that's going to be something that I consciously have to water down within my nature because I'm kind of a protector by nature, you know, especially with a daughter. So I I know that that's going to be something I have to watch. Man, dude, it's a delicate balance. And even in daycare, we, we've already had things that have came up. My son, Henry, he's four. And in his daycare, there are two special needs children there, uh, both of them autistic. So when we're telling them, you know, how to treat others, it's always be kind, be loving, always do those things. But with, with a special needs person, especially if they're, if they're nonverbal, it's hard for a four-year-old to really grasp and understand what that means. And there was a time where we went to pick Henry up from school. The teacher uh, had a comment of Henry was, uh, it wasn't mean to another student. It was Henry was disturbing another student. It was, it was one of the special needs kids. Oh, yeah. So he was, you mentioned he was on being the bully side. It broke our heart. He's an incredible kid. And he didn't understand, you know, uh, what he was doing was causing this this child to get upset because he's nonverbal and I mean he just didn't get it and so yeah he's just being a kid he's just being a kid but my wife is we 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 had a conversation I mean he's four years old we sit down and we talk to him we speak to our children like they are I mean not like they're adults but they're humans they're human beings too so we give them opportunities to explain themselves and to be autonomous and to make choices and all these things and explain choices so when we were talking to him about this. He got upset that he, when we explained to him why the child was upset, it it hurt him that he had hurt someone else. Oh, man, yeah. And that's when I told Kami, I'm like, you know, after the fact, I was like, this is hard. Parenting A is hard. But I think we're doing something right with the fact that it, for for a child that's four years old to come to that understanding and grasp it in that moment and to have a heartfelt moment of, man, I hurt someone and I didn't want to do that. And then the next day he went and, you know, he apologized to this child and and makes it right. And now he, he protects him is what he says. That's awesome. I'm like, man, you know what? Teachable moment. Right. But there's still that delicate balance of you. We didn't, you know, make him go do something or whatever. We allowed him the opportunity to learn from it and then him make the choice to go and make things right. And so it definitely is a delicate balance, but it's hard to not just be in there and, and step in and be that helicopter parent. You know, with a girl, it's really going to be. I think that I'll have a, a somewhat unique perspective. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of dads do who went to colleges and had similar experiences to the way that we did. I'm going to tell Charlotte yeah. to just look out for that guy. Look out for the guy that I was in college. And just if you see that guy, run. <laughs> right. And so you've just now guaranteed yourself that she's going to bring home every person just like you. So just get ready. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. 
dude, we, you didn't even mention, uh, I mean, you just kind of just jumped over. You're like, oh, recently I just jumped into a new career. What's the impetus of that? We're, I mean, I saw it on, on Instagram. I've always wanted to work from home. Actually, when COVID hit is when I realized that I always wanted to work from home. Katie works from home. When Charlotte was born, that kind of gave me the push to really sit down and talk to Katie. Like, I want to be here. I don't want to miss a thing. You know, I want to be as present as possible. And I want the flexibility to work on the go. So we started talking about ways that I could do that. We prayed hard about it. And I landed on real estate. And that's something I'd always really enjoyed. I've always, when we were buying our first house, that was just a really fun process for me. A little scary buying your first home, but it was really exciting. And I wanted to help other people do that. Hey, congratulations. I think you're going to be fantastic at it. You've got the the personality for it. You've also, because of your prior career, I think you've got the network for it, people. Huge. Too. Uh, you've got a very a vast network of people that you've worked with on a very personal level and on a professional level, too. So you've got that, which is, I've found it's, you know, knowing people and have that network of people that you've worked with and who trust you really can help you. Gosh, <laughs> And everything that you do. So I think you're transitioning to a field that, gosh, you really should be incredibly successful at. I mean, I'm confident that will be. And here's why. It's because I've already owned a business. And what people that get into real estate don't understand is that you are your business. You're not getting a W-2. You're not a W-2 employee. You're not just going to get a check. You know, it's purely commissioned. So you got to run it like a business. So Real estate, there's a very low level of entry. It's one class, it's one exam, it's 270 bucks, and then you're a real estate agent. That's it? Yeah, it's very inexpensive. It's really? It's 200, 300 bucks for the class, 70 bucks to take the test. Test hard? It wasn't bad, but I've taken a lot of tests. So yeah, compared to some tests to that I've taken, not bad. But it absolutely requires some studying. There's no doubt about that. Some people do it online. I think that would be more challenging, but I took the class in person, so I thought that was helpful. Yeah. Shout out to Justin at Prime Academy Real Estate School in Alabaster. Really, really great instruction there. But yeah, so because I've run a business before, it's feeling more natural. So if I had gotten into this thing in my early 20s and I didn't have those skills, you know that that's why 80% of, of agents don't like stay it. in for longer than a year or so. But that's actually a question that I had for you is where did you learn the skills to own businesses and have employees and and manage that? By doing it. Now, I will tell you, I spent six and a half years in banking prior to getting to the fitness industry. And so I guess I would say I got a lot of experience there. I mean, because I started on the telephones and customer service working for a bank. So as you can imagine, people calling in to talk about their money. Yeah. They were not happy. Uh, so being able to, the, the, the customer service side of things, I learned how to to help people in times of distress and to be compassionate and understanding. I will forever be grateful for my time there. And then I went from there into the branches and working with people directly dealing with their money. Uh, and then I got into management. So I guess I did manage some employees there. And then the last two and a half years, I was actually in B2B sales, doing uh, cash management sales. So... I unknowingly, because if you would have told me when I was at the bank that I was going to be a working out, but owning a gym and being a trainer, I would have laughed Yeah, because that is the last thing I was all about the opposite, entertaining, going out with clients, being the, the most unfit person that you, that you could possibly be. But I guess in that process, you know, working with business owners and understanding how a business works 
and understanding receivables and payables and what do you do with it when you've got the money sitting there and managing that, I, I guess it really gave me some experience. But as far as really learning, <laughs> I just did it and learned how to fail a lot in order to learn more. But I, I think that's the thing is I was willing to make that jump and just jump into it without having the knowledge. That being said, and you talk about advice, and I think what I, advice that I would give people is to surround yourself with people who, who know more than you do and be okay with that. Like, I mean, people say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And it's been right for me. I feel like if I'm not in the room with people who know more, I'm not learning. I'm kind of getting stagnant. And I'm also not going to help drive my business to where it can be. If it's just me and my limited knowledge, why not bring in somebody? That's all they do. And me stay in my lane and let them and we and we go down the highway together. Sometimes I wish that school, you know, high school would teach you skills to not be an employee, but to operate a business. Maybe instead of learning how to do calculus, (laughs) you know, learn how to do taxes or learn how to, you know, do a payroll or something. I wish that that school wasn't geared to just teach you how to be an employee. Because it would have, it would make, it would, it would be a huge game changer for the economy if you think about it. YouTube is a place that I learned a lot from. YouTube University, I probably learned more from YouTube videos than I have throughout my entire school career. <laughs> I mean, there are people who make a lot of money and and are business owners through YouTube tutorials. So I mean, there there's something to it. The, a lot of value there. there you is. can learn how to do anything on YouTube, anything you want to do, whether it's fixing a toilet or operating a mobile home park, you know, anything you want to do, you can punch it into YouTube. There will be someone there who's done it before teaching you how to do it for free. I mean, it, it truly teaching you how to do it the wrong way and the right way. You got to be <laughs> yeah. careful which one yeah, no, you pick. Yeah, you absolutely want to discern, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, yeah. but yeah, there are people on there teaching you to do it the right way as well. Where are you working for yourself? I mean, here's the thing with real estate. I think you mentioned 80%. Did you say 80% of the agents don't make it? That doesn't surprise yeah. me. I think, because of, again, social media, the shows on Bravo, million-dollar listings and all this yeah, stuff. I think it sunset. gets such a glamour. People are like, oh, it's that easy? And he's getting paid $200,000 for one sale? Like, yeah. I can do this? Oh, yeah. And so I think it gets that thing of, oh, this is easy to do, and I can just make a bunch of money, and then I, I can work a, an hour a day or two hours a week, and, and it's just that's what's <laughs> going to work. I think they think it. I think you're right, and – you know, if you do put that much time into it, as much energy as you put into it, that's the result that you're going to get. So if you treat it like a full-time job, then it, it can be a full-time yeah. and it can be a very good full-time job, especially if you have a personality, if you have a good network of people who already know, like, and trust you, then, then you're going to be good. What I have found, I, I've I trained a couple real estate agents and what I have found makes them successful other than a great network is their communication. Just communication, they're in touch, and it's it's something that helps us too. And at the studio is just simply answering people's inquiries, like follow people, up immediately. Oh yeah, I Fur- mean, I call it furiously fast follow up. F three. It's so it, it it's so true, man. Because other people are just not doing it. I can't tell you how many times that people will call and leave a voicemail or email, and I get back to them always same day, usually before, relatively quick, and they're just like oh, you got back to me so quick. And I'm like, well, I mean, sure. And they're like, well, I've talked to two or three other places before I got to you. 
and nobody's yet to call me back and it's been a week or so to me. So that's, it's sad that our differentiator sometimes is just being responsive and communicating to people, you know, even if it's just to say, Hey, I can't get you the answer right now, but letting you know that I got your message and that I'm working on it, letting people know and setting those expectations, man, just goes, <laughs> people just respect that. And in your world, man, I'm, I'm telling you, just to have some, an agent that I, I hate to be the person who bothers people. I'd try to be the least cumbersome client ever. But to have an agent that when you do get in touch with them in a reasonable time to get back and just say, hey, I'm working on it or, hey, I talked to this or I'm doing this. It went a long way for me. And that's that's the success I've seen for them that's really helped them out tremendously. And 100%. you're going to be great at that, dude. That's right. And just like how you, you know, I feel like you make your clients feel like they're your only client. That's how I want my clients to feel. I want them to feel like they're my only client. And I would rather them feel like I'm communicating too much than not enough. You know, I'm sending them listings as quickly as possible. You know, I, um, I don't want them to be the one to find the home. I want to find it for them, you know, or else what's my job. That's where I'm coming from with that. But yeah, I just, I, I want to offer a level of service that they're not going to get anywhere else. And you think about as a chiropractor, you know, you might be seeing 20, 25 patients a day. So if you can, you know, service all of those clients in one day, in real estate, you might be servicing up to 10 clients a month, maybe. Right. So it's That's easy a good compared month. to That's that. That's a good month, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So juggling 10 clients rather than 25 clients a day, it's really not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say, yeah, you, you've decreased your workload. Uh, <laughs> for us, it's the same thing, man. It's it's experience. I mean, I, I my average day, I mean, it really depends. It could be anywhere from six clients a day to 10 or 11 clients a day, depending and that's one-on-one. -on -one. Are they normally just hour one -on -one. sessions? Just one-on-one. It's 45-minute sessions. Nice. Uh, we, I have some that are 30-minute sessions. And some, honestly, it's just I have a program set for them. And when we get done, we get done. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just speedy, speedy, speedy. And sometimes we may go over a little bit. Uh, so in your studio, is it always one-on-one -on -one with a trainer? Or can people go in there and work on their own? It is one-on-one -on -one with a trainer, but we do allow them, if they want to, come in on their own and like, do some cardio. And some of them actually do come in on their own and lift some, too. Most do not, but yeah. they but they are allowed to come in and, and use the facility, too. It's the one-on-one -on -one that they come to the gym for. Dr. Chase Horton Real Estate with EXP Realty. That's right. I'm talking about my business. Are you, or someone you know, considering buying or selling a home within the next six months? If so, let's chat. With their permission, simply send me their name and number and I'll reach out to talk about the best way to achieve their real estate goal. Simply text HOME to 205-213-9720. More cash, more capital, and new customers for your business. That's where Moxie comes in. Moxie Birmingham is a growing community of small businesses helping one another thrive. As a Moxie member, you earn more revenue from brand new customers. As a Moxie member myself, I can tell you that I choose to support other businesses that also accept Moxie. In fact, I've discovered some of my very favorite restaurants, healthcare practitioners, and home and auto service businesses through Moxie. Go to moxiebirmingham.com, that's M-O-X-E-Y, 
B-H-A-M.com to learn more. Moxie. It's the smarter way to barter. All right, now let's jump back into today's episode of the Discover Birmingham podcast and highlight the best parts of our awesome city. When you were coming up as a trainer, what are some of the other gyms that you trained at? Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, I, I shouldn't say it like that because, again, gratitude has been something that's changed my life as well, too. And I'm grateful for every stop along the way because it truly shapes who you are, not only as a person, but also as a professional. So my first gym that I trained out of was Gold's. Yeah, same. <laughs> is, that you? is that how we know each other? I, I think that's where we met. And we, we've, so I was at Vestavia. Yeah, I was and at then, Pelham. And, and then, 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 I, then I transferred to Vestavia for a little bit. Okay, so that had to be where we met. I yeah. Mean, and, and so, that was, man, that was, it was probably 09 or, or 2010, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's so, that's definitely where we met. And uh, great opportunity. And it was good for me because it was my first time being a trainer. So it was a lot of volume of people coming in and just kind of finding your style. And because, you know, I, I knew how I trained myself, but training other people and adapting to their abilities and modifications and all those things was, was new to me. So it was a great learning experience. And it was an environment that's, <laughs> you know, gold and you know, the corporate world that that is. And yeah, uh, was that like Mike Akana and all those? Oh guys my gosh, there? the tort guy, Josh, Mike Akana. I haven't heard that it? name forever. Yeah. And then, uh, was it Josh, the ball guy, the, the president? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Wow. I mean, blast from the past. Uh, again, great place to start, but I'll tell you, and this is why I'm grateful for it is what I couldn't stand about it was the fact that we would have more sales classes. That was it. Yeah. Then we would have like, training better, right? Being better trainers. They would give you all these scripts and stuff. I mean, me coming from the corporate world already and banking and been through all the sales classes you could go through. I'm like, I don't want to sell to anyone. I just want to tell people what I do and let them know that I can help them. And maybe I'm not the right person for them, but I'm not going to go through this sales script that you're giving me. With, and so, oh, if they say this, then go to option B. Yeah, right overcoming now. objections, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't feel sincere. Because it's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, you know, they're not here anymore. So it, well, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, and so that was one of my things as I was coming up there. I realized that I was A, I was getting clients not because of people they were feeding me, but I was getting organic word of mouth referrals from my existing clients. And I'm like... I can do this on my own. Yeah. Uh, and so... That was taking that leap of faith hard, like going out as an independent trainer for the first time. It was. It was incredibly difficult because, you know, you're going to you're gonna lose some people when you're going and you're starting your own. So where'd you go from Gold's? So I got a $3,000 loan from my parents for website and LLC and all the things to start a business. I'm looking out now, I'm like, 3000 to start a business? That was a good <laughs> yeah, deal. That's great. That was a, that was a steal. Yeah. But, you know, I presented my parents with a business plan and everything. I mean, I, I mean, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do it in a professional way with my parents. And long story short, I started training clients out of my apartment gym is where I was. I started off with three clients. It was a uh, two sisters and one of their friends, one of them that I trained at Gold's. And from there, within six months, I had 10 clients out of this little apartment gym. I never crown. I appreciate you giving me my start, by the way. <laughs> I never really asked them if I could do it. They knew I was doing it. You know, it was crazy. So I built up to 10 clients there. 
And there was a place right up the street called Icon, Icon Performance. Jeff Green, who's been in the game yeah, long time. You may know him. Yeah, I do. They gave me an opportunity to come and rent space there. Because wasn't Greg Hasbury there? Greg Hasbury yeah. was there. Oh, my gosh, small world. He's a legend, man. He's Everybody, an absolute legend. You'll never hear anyone say a bad word about Greg. I still keep in touch with Greg, uh, and he's still doing great things and still at it. And, uh, but, yeah, Greg was there at Icon, too. Uh, he, bri- he left briefly after I got there. That was in 2000 and 2011. And I stayed there and learned and grew from 10 clients. I had 25, 30 people that I was servicing there. That's solid. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's a great book. Yeah. Long story short, I met a couple other guys who came to trade out of there. And kind of the same story as Gold's. Is there were things there at that place that we learned we would do differently in our own. Again, very grateful for Icon and, and Jeff and Jennifer who allowed us the opportunity to come in their space. We felt like we wanted to provide a little higher level of service and a little different environment. And so that's where uh, we went out our own and started Meta in 2016. And by the way, we were the original Meta, not Facebook. <laughs> right. And, and we, we have it trademarked, by the way. So if they ever try to get in fitness, we I, I'm, I'm really hoping uh, Mark Zuckerberg would call us. Yeah, you plan on name. going after them for that? Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's not in the business plan. Yeah. If it happened, hey, it'd be great. So you're going to let them off the hook? Uh, for now, I'm going to let them off the hook. That's well, big of you. You know, I'm always trying to be the bigger man. Yeah. Uh, so, plus, I'm sure the legal bill on that, would they may be able to, to fight it more than I can go after it. <laughs> I think maybe. But yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. So do you focus on nutrition much or is it mainly? Sure. Yeah. We, we definitely, we, of course, you know, it's technically outside of my scope of practice. I'm not a registered dietitian to give people meal plans and things. Yeah, but you're a fitness guy. But so. I'm a fitness guy and I would, I tell a lot of people too, is I probably know just as much, if not more, about nutrition or I'd like to say that I do. I surely research a lot and read a lot and listen to a lot of people who know more than I do. Yeah. Uh, then maybe I do with even the training side because it's probably more important. I would say that percentage is more important than the actual training itself. Yeah, and you know nothing against dietitians, but I think a lot of the curriculum they're being taught is the food pyramid. And it's outdated. You know, what we've learned is that the food pyramid is really not a great way to go. I'm pretty sure that if someone followed the current food pyramid directly, they would end up with type 2 diabetes. I haven't looked at the the food pyramid in so long for the exact reason you just said, because it's so antiquated Yeah, and it's just, it's old news and it's just, it's not right. Do you eat pretty healthy? I do my best. I mean, I'm also got two boys and at the end of the night after dinner there, you know, if there's some few goldfish left over, I'm, I'm scraping <laughs> yeah, them yeah. in and you know, if there's a half of a peanut butter and jelly, I'm still getting it. You sure. Know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'd say, you know, I think we're probably like 80, 20 is yes. what, well, Katie's probably more like 95, five, oh, but wow. I'm, I'd say I'm, oh, she's, I mean, she's super healthy. Uh, I'd say I'm more 80, 20. I just, I just like food. I, I got a sweet tooth, man. I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's no joke. You know, when I'm really on target, I would say that the top three foods that I would avoid would be store-bought dairy because it's just kind of like an inflammatory food. That'd be one that I'd recommend people stay away from if they're trying to lose weight, especially. Another one would be, you know, basic white bread. And then another one would be artificial sweeteners for me. What would you say? Honestly, that when you're when you're saying those, those are the exact same ones as far as foods to avoid that I would say. I mean, because it really covers a lot of the things that we know we shouldn't be eating yeah. and putting in our bodies. And 
if you ever do eat those things, you don't have to be a, a scientific guru person to know how it makes you feel. <laughs> when you eat it and you your body tells you, hey, I don't like this, well, I mean, <laughs> your body doesn't like it. So, But from when I used to do a lot of functional medicine, I would work mainly with type 2 diabetics. So yeah. what I found about a lot of my patients then is that they had never not eaten those foods. So they didn't know how much better they could feel if they weren't eating it. So once I, uh, you know, encouraged them to cut those foods out, then they realized how good they could feel. And they were like, oh my God, I wouldn't have been eating this the whole time, but I just never didn't eat it. So I thought that was so interesting that, wow. and another thing about about type two diabetes is that a lot of people will tell you that it's genetic and that it runs in your family. But what we learned is that actually diets run in your family. So mm-hmm. if a lot of times if you eat the way your parents ate, then you're going to end up with the same types of chronic diseases that they ended up with. I mean, it makes total sense. And I, and with, with you saying that, uh, talking about they're just used to it, and that, that constant state of being lethargic and feeling miserable, they don't understand what it should feel like. And so it's kind of like us talking about, having a baby and unlocking that new level, you gave them a key, man. That's it. I mean, you gave them a key of like, oh my gosh, there's this whole new experience of life. We're here talking about health. We're talking about working out. I think the last stat that I read was that we're finally up to 50% of America being considered obese. So what if you were going to give advice to a client who wanted to lose weight, what would be just in a nutshell some advice you might give them? Uh, I think I would, my biggest piece that I always tell people is start slow and small changes, big results. Because I think people get overwhelmed with just, and you talk about YouTube, you type in lose weight and you're going to get just inundated with all this information. A lot of it, not right. Yeah. uh, Incorrect, misleading. And people just get overwhelmed with the thought of, oh gosh, do I need to do keto? Do I need to do whole 30? Do I need to be doing 1500 calories? Do I need to be doing, taking Manjaro? Give me it. Don't even get me started on that. And that's, Is that, that semiglutide? I, I mean, yeah. The, that and the Ozempic and all that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Rough side effects there, I hear. And so I think the simplest advice is, you know, start small. So with my clients, we'll be like, okay, track everything that you eat in a normal week, everything you eat, drink, and then we'll just focus in on their breakfast. All right, let's look at this. So you're, you're not eating, first of all, maybe, or you are eating. Maybe we tweak that. Let's do that for a week. Get your breakfast right. Then we'll go, we'll move on to your snack or your lunch, or what, and then we'll start looking at that, and maybe we'll tweak that. So it's those gradual steps that they can slowly work into something, because it's very rare that you'll get somebody that's just like can, can immediately flip the switch yeah. and just change everything. Like so bite-sized changes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so just a little bite-sized, realistic, attainable sustainable too changes that people can make and when they slowly start seeing these changes that just the little things can do when they all start adding and compounding together all of a sudden like you know they are losing weight and more importantly i never put my clients on the scale yeah unless they specifically say i want this and i'm like i'm going to advise against it but i i want you to have measurable results but i mean how do you feel are you able to pick up your kids without having to think about getting that? You can get up and down out of the floor now without even thinking about it. You can go up and down steps and it doesn't kill your knees anymore. And, you know, you put your clothes on and, yeah, there's extra inches there. It's not necessarily you came in and 
you get a lot of people that I want to lose 15 pounds. I'm like, why 15? Yeah. Well, when I was a cheerleader in high school, that was 35 years ago and three kids. And, you know, that's not where we're at right now. What is important to you now? That's huge. Like finding out the why is so huge for keeping someone motivated because no one wants to lose weight. They want what happens because they lost weight. So if you can constantly remind them of that, they'll stay motivated. And that's, I mean, even for yourself, if you have a goal, go back to the why. It's, it, it is. It's the why. I mean, I, I think that that's what a lot of people kind of overlook. It's definitely not just the losing weight. It's what, what's behind why you want to lose weight. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. And let's work on those things. Most of the times, if not all the time, it's, it has nothing to do with that number on that scale when they step on it. There's so many other internal things they're battling with and struggling with that that is the most gratifying part of my job is for somebody to say, I've got a client now, her name's Liz, and she's lost over 100 pounds. No way. And we celebrated the milestone, and it was a big deal, but that's not the things that we celebrate on a regular basis. It's like, oh my gosh, this is... So she's about to take a flight up to Michigan and she got a first class seat, but it's the first time she got one because she wanted it because she used to have to get a first class seat because it had extra room. Wow. That's what it's about right there. I'm like, man, I mean, you know, and it's talking about a life changer and to be sitting there in that moment with someone when that's, it just makes it all worth it, man. And so that that's the kind of stuff that I want and that I seek and the things that, that truly make my job worthwhile. And, you know, it's not about you. It's about her and her results. But you were the catalyst of that change. So that feels good. You know, that's one of the most rewarding things about being a trainer and working in healthcare is that when you have an effect on someone that really sticks and changes their life, that's what it's all about. That's why you do it crazy and same thing man with you with real estate dude i mean i think you're approaching it the right way is like you want someone you want to help somebody find a home not just you want to make a sale you got to go back to the why there as well because no one wants to sell their house just because it's a fun process to go through you know no one likes to move you know yeah right so you got to find out the why you know are, are they now an empty nester do they have a, an elderly parent who needs to move into a mother-in-law suite so you got to find out the why what's the purpose for the move help them achieve that you know, it's not about getting a deal. It's about helping them achieve the next chapter of their life here in Birmingham. That's what it's about for me. That sounded like a commercial. I mean, <laughs> that, you, you should you should wrap that. I mean, we talk about sales and all that stuff, and that's the thing is, is I, I would rather just tell than not sell. I can tell when somebody's just truly just telling you about what they do and why they love it, as opposed to somebody who's car salesman-y. Another word we may have to look up uh, in the Webster again to see if if salesman if salesman is in there. It checks out. I'm going to say probably not. <laughs> have you ever worked out any of the spots around here other than your place? Have you ever tried classes like Orange Theory or anything like that? I've never. Or are you a, loyal, a meta loyalist? I, I, I'm pretty loyal. <laughs> I would be too. And I'm so, pretty. Dude, I'm I pretty, love the gym. I'm, I really do. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's been a labor of love, and it's just. I mean, I absolutely love it. I've never really done the group class thing. It's not because I'm opposed to it. I think that there's something for everyone. And I refer people to group classes all the time. If we're not the right fit, I want to find that person the right fit. 
Yeah, uh, that's not what you do. You offer more of a one-on-one concierge right. service. You know, like it's very much tapered to that person. It's not a one-size-fits-all. That's right. Like a class might be. That's right. I mean, that's all we do. So when people come in our gym, like we know, obviously, we know their name. We're, we, I like to say we're the, we're the cheers of gyms. Where you, if sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your names, you walk in. We don't have to scan your card to see who you are to know if you're a member. We know if you want cold water, or warm water. We know what channel you want it on. You know, right now we're in the ah, gosh, and this is another thing too with CNN or Fox and all this oh, stuff. Lord, so yeah. toxic, bro. Brutal. Uh, it's. Do, it, do you watch anything like that? In my early days, I did, but now I do not. Not what, because what I, made you cut it out? Oh man, not because I don't want to be informed, but because of the toxicity of it. And you talked about you, you get out of it what you put into it. <laughs> You're also going to put out what you put in. Yeah, just like food, similar to food. And I've learned that when I was back in, you know, we'll go back to 2016 when I really found myself so heavily invested in in that that election, and then everything that happened after that and just the turmoil and the just the negativity on both sides of the aisle just it internally bothered me to a point of uh, this is not worth it and at that point is when i really started to realize it, it just i want to get a broad level understanding i don't want to be oblivious to what's going on and i want to be able to to try my best to understand things but i also want to just control what i can control and most of the things that are going on, especially politically, I don't personally really have a lot of control in. Yeah, they uh, say tend to the garden that's within your reach. Yeah, and there's nothing we can do about you know other than vote and yeah, you know whether or not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll that's that debatable out. too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but whatever. I mean, for me, consumption is not just about what I put in my mouth. It's also about what goes in my ears and what goes in my eyes. Yes. And me sitting around watching two sides of the same, you know, two wings of the same bird fight over issues that really don't, may not even have an answer. That's not helping my mentality. That's not helping me better anyone around me. So I had to, I had to cut it out as well, man. We, I can't watch the news. It's just, like you said, it's toxic, man. And yeah. I have friends that do. I've had family members that, that at one point were so wrapped up in it that that's almost all they would talk about. And that's hard to be around. So for the sake of everyone around me, I stopped watching the news. Same. What I did is I shifted more to consumption of things that I felt like helped me be a better person. So, I mean, I really got I was never really a reader before. I'm still not a reader. Uh, I'm a listener. I'm, yeah. I'm an audible guy because I found myself, you know, the times that I really have time to consume things that are important are like in the truck on the way back from daycare or driving between whatever I'm doing on the treadmill between clients. So audible and podcast got huge for me. So, you know, whether if it's self-help business related books to Michael Easter comfort crisis to atomic habits to man, David Goggins, uh, who's going to carry the boats. Come on, man. (laughs) I mean, so to Jocko Willink, I just listened to, to uh, being an empowered leader. To I, mean, I listened to Michelle Obama's book. I mean, I listened to Matthew Perry's book, Travis Barker's book, Matthew McConaughey's book, which was Green Lights. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, when I shifted to consuming material that most of the time was like productive stuff. I mean, sometimes like the Travis Barker or stuff was just interest, like yeah, take a second, entertaining. I found myself a much happier. And more enlightened person to areas of my life, my garden, as you say, 
that helped me kind of impart knowledge that I've gained from that to others who may be interested in as well. Yeah, I think that what shifted for me was once I got out of paying so much attention to the political debates and the constant back and forth and bickering, I started listening to more comedy. Just keep it light, you know? There's some podcasts I really enjoy. Uh, you know who Theo Vaughn is? I do know who Theo Vaughn yeah. is, yeah. Hilarious. And He's fantastic. He, there's no agenda there. He's just talking about silly stuff, and it's just it's a good way for me to start the morning on the way to the gym. I usually go to the gym probably 637. I was never a morning workout person up until maybe two years ago. And that was a game changer for me. Starting to work out in the mornings, setting the tone for the day that way. And I was in a better mood all day. Made sure that I got it out of the way in the morning. That was huge for me. Are you coming home and doing your cold plunge too? And then your meditation? And <laughs> Man, you know, I've tried all that. I've tried all that. And, yeah. Yeah. and man, it all works. Yeah. Yeah. But you can only do so much. Mm. Miserable. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing the cold showers. I was doing fasting and... I did a 10-day fast one time, just water. Oh, my God. So I, I did it as kind of like experiment just to see what it was like. And I was already in ketosis before I started. So I think that played a role in it. But I got on an in-body machine the day before, and then I did it again after 10 days of no food at all, just water. Right. I was always under the impression that, look, if you don't eat, you go into catabolic state, you start burning muscle. That's so I was like, well, let's see if that's true. Maybe because I was already in ketosis, I was already in fat burn mode. After 10 days, I had lost 30 pounds and only one pound of it was muscle. I'm sure a lot, I'm sure a ton was water, but I lost a significant amount of fat and only one pound of muscle. And I was amazed because that's always, that's exactly against the bro science I always read about. For sure. You know, I'm not recommending anyone to stop eating, but, uh, you know, right. fasting for a purpose can be kind of a, you know, spiritual practice. It can sure. also be, you know, it can reestablish your relationship with food and it can be very healing for your body because you're, okay, the process of digestion utilizes 40% of your body's overall energy production. Right. So if you stop eating food for a little bit, shut off the digestion process, then you have 40% more energy that can go towards healing or other processes in your body. So fasting can be a game changer for your health. I love it, man. I definitely do that. That's interesting. What's next for you, man? You've, you've opened up your second gym now. What do the next few years hold? I mean, more locations. Yeah? Yeah. And now you keep growing? I, oh, definitely going to keep growing. But we're not, again, and we're going to follow in the motto of just being patient. I like to say patient but proactive is my motto is we're not going to just grow just for the sake of growing. We're going to be prepared when the opportunity comes. Uh, we've identified a location, and it would probably be, before we opened it up, it would probably be spring of 2025. Hmm. But right now, it's just a big empty plot. But can we, can we know what town? Sure. I will tell you, and, and I love this, my buddy Hunter, who owns the Liberty Park location, Okay, uh, he said it's not Homewood. Okay. <laughs> we, could, we, we, we could tell All you right, that. All right, got it. And it's it's actually, we're looking, uh, it's in Hoover, and it's the there's a Brock's Gap there that's already existing, and there's a phase two that they're going to be doing. And that area in Hoover is just... It's blowing well, up. Real estate, I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's blowing up and... Very popular area. Incredibly popular area. So we're really, we're looking there. I mean, there's no done deals or anything, but it's an exciting time. But we're always looking. And that's the thing is for, to be prepared. But yeah, that's the idea is to grow when the time is right and, and in the right places. 
and just have the right people lined up to make it happen. We're well, you have excited. a concept that is, you know, it's proven successful. It works. So why not scale it? And that's another thing I'm learning is how to scale it and then find a way that I can scale back how to work more on the business than in the business. Yeah. So I'm learning this as we go to definitely a challenge, but something we'll, we'll figure out. Yeah. That's one thing with training is that a lot of people come for you. You're the person who attracts people to it. So sure. how do you give them what they want, but also, you know, change it so that it's more sustainable for you? You got to be a balance there. And I'll tell you that the way we achieve that is because I, I mean, I would not be able to do it without the team that, that we have around my business partners, Mike and Scott have been phenomenal. All of our trainers, I feel confident if somebody comes in that wants to train with me, I know without a doubt that anybody there can handle them as good, if not better than I can. So it's all about, I've surrounded myself with people who are amazing business partners, amazing trainers, and even with Hunter, who owns the Liberty Park location, we did a licensing deal is what we did. Mm. Sort of like a franchise, yeah. but just a little bit different. Bringing in people who can replicate the service that you've, and the reputation that you've, you know, you've built. And just having a trust in people to do that. So it's all about the team, man. Always. Does Julie train at your gym? She's at Liberty Park. Julie Van I love Moore. Julie, she, man. She's, she's a amazing. really, really good trainer. She really is. She, she's been doing it for a long time. Another yeah. OG that's she's been in the pro. game. She, she, she's an absolute pro. And those are the kinds of people that we want in, in our facility. Somebody it's not just a part-time gig. It's a career. Because if you want, I mean, you can do as much as you want to do. I mean, and it's, 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 it's a great opportunity. Well, Matt, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. We'll have to do it again soon. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.